Do you like your name? Uh, I nothing my name. It's synonymous with me. So it's sort of like I, I was just thinking about that. Like I, I had to pull my ID out to get past security uh, at a building today. And I was just standing there looking at the ID while the security person did something. And I was just looking at like the numbers, like 11-02-1996. And again, it's like, that's my birthday. And it's like a number that like aesthetically is just like mm, so tasty. Mm-hmm. But it means nothing to anyone else. It's like synonymous yeah. with me, you know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where like when I see Christopher Michael Crumley, like nothing really registers other than like I might as well be looking in the mirror or something. I get that. I like I like aesthetically Nicholas Alexander Johnson. I think mm-hmm. it's a good looking name. Mm-hmm. It's a good name. But I I meant more so first name. Yeah. Nick. Yeah. Hate it. Yeah, do you? Like I like it for me. Mm-hmm. But I've never met a Nick I like. Yeah. Every other Nick I've ever met is the same man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like I don't fit in that category, but mm-hmm. I have to, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also, you don't really fit in a Chris category if I think about it. Yeah. What kind of a name would you give me then? You're more... I don't know. Yeah. You're a Randall. A Randall? Yeah, Randy. <laughs> it's insane. Most people just call me Crumley. Do they? They'll be like, oh shit, Crumley's here. Do you want me to start doing that? No. It's just okay. something people do. You know? Actually, no. For some reason, I don't remember how it started, but when I talk to you, talk about you at Topher. work, I call you Topher. Yeah. You're a, you're 100% a Topher. <laughs> I can absolutely see that. But no, I like Christopher. I don't like Chris so much. I mean, we talked about this before. I don't know if I've mentioned it here, but Chris just like sounds too much like uh, frosted tips, leather jacket, pierced nipples, like uh, someone's boyfriend on Friends. Like it sounds so like ninety seven yeah, to ninety four. Yeah, just like oh my boyfriend Chris is coming by later. Like it just sounds so like just when, white dude from the Friends that Monica dated <laughs> in season two. You know what I get is also kind of a character from Friends when I hear Chris. Yeah, just the a golden retriever of a man. <laughs> just a very unremarkable, just, hi, I'm Chris, yeah, and I'm yeah. just a man. But Christopher, I like that. Um, you know, potentially ethnocentric, I don't know. But for some reason, I'm partial to, like, biblical names. I um, I just think they're nice, like Paul, Gabriel. Matthew, Gabriel, Isaiah, Christopher. Jedediah. Isaac. That's not one. <laughs> or a Job. Job. Or even Sarah. Sarah's a great woman's oh, yeah. name. That's an S tier lady's name. When I think of a Nick, I think of a guy who's like late thirties, maybe forties, kinda of chubby, big cheeks. He's balding and his hair's like in the middle of the top of his head and it's spiking up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he has a goatee. Yeah, when I hear Nick I think like uh kinda of skinny, long hair, bit of facial hair, glasses. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> or I think of the, the the cool kid from Jimmy Neutron. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then no, I lied. I met one other Nick. He's a very cool guy. Yeah. There's I mean, there's one other Nick I can think of, and he's a very cool guy. Mm-hmm. All the Nicks I've known personally are not the Nick I describe, but any stranger I meet named yeah. Nick is that guy I just described. I also kind of nothing a lot of names. Like a name is just a name to me, or whatever. Yeah. Like I know people get very upset about their name and they want to change their name. That's fine. I know, that's fine. Uh. But it's just one of those, like, things that, like, uh, I'm like, I don't know, I can imagine being that annoyed by it. You know, like, it's just, 
I, I you don't like people call you. Are there? I mean, besides the biblical ones, are there names that you like really, really like? Uh, names that I really, really like. Anytime uh, I meet an Xavier, I'm like, you lucky bitch. <laughs> I always like the lady's name, Margot. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good one. I like uh, Bud, for some reason, for a guy. I like a young woman named Barbara. I think that's yeah, like cool. Barbara. Um, I've always liked the name Allison. Okay. Allison's a good one, I think. As a kid, I don't feel this way as much anymore, but I remember being super young and being like, I wish my name was Ryan. Yeah. Ryan's a cool name. I don't feel that way anymore. No. Ryan's a whatever name. Yeah, but. Ryan's not that great of a name. I do think there are names that don't age great as you get older. Like, Ryan would be one of them. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, knowing, like, a 45-year-old Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, no. Or even, like, a... Yeah, that's not Or even, point. like, a 70-year-old Ryan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's a newer name. I've never thought about that, but... Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think, but I think we got lucky there. I think Christopher and Nick are timeless. Yeah. I could absolutely be an old Nick, and you could absolutely be mm-hmm. an old Christopher. And I think Nicholas is a good baby name, and yeah. Christopher's a good baby. I think Christopher's a good every age name. Yeah. Yeah, I think he got lucky there. Yeah. But like my dad, Raleigh, can you imagine seeing a baby and going, Raleigh? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, I will say Raleigh is a name that I've liked uh, even before I knew you. I used to work at Tim Hortons, and there was an older uh, gentleman who was a Holocaust survivor who would come in. His name was Raleigh. Yeah. Cool guy. My dad spells it wrong, though, because his parents were like hillbillies, basically. So it's not R-A-L-I-E-G-H, I I think. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. (laughs) R-O-L-L-Y. It's Roly. I love Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't think you can get terribly unlucky with the dice roll, except there are people who crossed the line a little bit like there was a couple who famously got free bethesda games for the rest of their life because they named their baby dovakin that sucks yeah that's not a good dice roll or for example i know it's fucking low-hanging fruit and stuff like that i don't want to talk about it forever but like obviously elon musk and grimes shit the bed with naming their kids those are just obviously fuck ugly names just like i'm not even mad about it it's just like dog literally just call him matt or or her the alicia like whatever just just a name i read i think it was like a reddit post that i read where uh someone was like we're we're having twins and me and my husband are thinking about names and my husband really wants to name the kids luke and leia Mm -hmm. because he's a really big star wars fan and that made me nick so fucking mad yeah Uh, individually fine yes coupled together wild they're not dogs even if they're dogs, yeah. shitty, unoriginal. This one's Scully, and then I named this one Mulder. You, these are your children. Yeah. They are their own people who are going to have their own lives. What happens when they don't like Star Wars? At the very least, one part of your life, let it be your children, yeah. shouldn't have anything to do with Star Wars. Yeah. Ugh, absolutely hate it. You know what I do love, though? Hmm. A good, a good gender swap name. Yeah. Like a That's girl great. named Cody or Elliot. Mm-hmm. Or a, a dude man, named Shelly or something. A dude named Ashley. Ashley, yeah. Speaking of which. You really pulled it out. I really did. We watched Evil Dead. I felt like I could have gone on names for a little longer. <laughs> but all right. Sorry. Evil Dead.
Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Kremlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. Directed by Sam Raimi. Sam, perfect example of a name that's... I mean, it's short for Samuel. Ubiquitous. Yeah, but you could also be Samantha. True. Tomatoes, tomatoes. You got me there? Yeah. Could be either. I don't think I've ever met a Sam. Like, I don't think I've ever had a Sam in my life. Yeah? Yeah. I had a crush on a girl named Sam. We're immediately taking two steps back. I, for a year, for less than a year, about four or five months, I was a photographer for a yearbook company. And so I'd go around to schools and take pictures of kids for yearbooks. And I'd have to print out their IDs and stuff like that. And I met a kid in elementary school named fucking Ganondorf. Yeah. You also met one named Thanos. Yeah. Who's legitimately my cousin. Yeah. I No offense well, to your family. Disgusting. Don't do that to a kid. Yeah. Thanos is a little bit more acceptable than Ganondorf. Yeah. Also, I think he might have a sister named Miller. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Well. It's Miller a relation to something? Yeah. Papa's favorite beer. Named after Miller Lite. <laughs> swear to God. Chris, I can't lie to you. That whips ass. I love that. <laughs> when my dad heard that, we were at a family gathering, and he turned to one of the twins who were just babies at that time, and he was like, it's not too late, baby Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> Which has actually become a meme. Yeah. The whole thing where it's like, Dad, why am I called uh, Lord of the Rings 2 okay. Return of the King? Yeah. <laughs> Or whatever, I can't remember the entire format. But uh, in 1981, Sam Raimi made this movie called Evil Dead. Now, here's a story I could I heard that could be folklore. Okay. You know what I love more than anything? Misinformation. I love being uninformed. Mm. So sexy. Nothing gets my gut more than fake news. I love it. So here we go. Here's a little bit of fake news. Uh, I heard was going to U of M, uh, made it a little short, and then was like, oh, damn, could make a movie. And I heard that he had gone around sort of like that West area kind of like the royal oakish berkeley somewhere in there like maybe even yeah. a little more north like bloomfield or something whatever it was but just literally went door to door to like a rich neighborhood where there were like dentists and shit was like hey i'm making a movie it's a horror movie horror movies always make money if you give me a little bit of money yeah i can make a return on your investment and that's how he funded the the film that's just what i heard i've heard so many things about the making of this movie that it's just a mishmash of information in yeah. my head and, and that's the cool thing about being uninformed yeah. it creates yeah. lore yeah, absolutely. Let's all just start lying about shit a little bit. This, uh, the the cabin they shot in? Who needs truth? Go ahead. Every night, someone would have to sleep there. Alone? Alone, yeah. What? And I remember hearing Sam Raimi on a podcast talking about being there one night by himself and a homeless man just showing up and trying to crash in there. How about... No. Yeah, awful. <laughs> just awful. Whoa, that's so awful. Jackpot with that location. Yeah, great. Jackpot with that location um just great and you know what the weird thing is about both those movies yeah in my opinion there's like a disconnect between the outside and the inside the outside looks like it is one room it mm -hmm. looks so small mm -hmm. is it two locations i have no idea because when they're inside of it i'm like this is labyrinthian how many fucking rooms are there in this <laughs> the thing? basement has to be another location right? there's no fucking yeah. way I, that's how i feel about the whole thing how do you does your watch have like a like a like a light scent like a light chargey thingy on it you know what i mean like a solar panel on it seems like it yeah i don't think mine does mine's dead hmm. do you know what time it is 
You're at 9.35. No, because I thought it was mail time. Here, go here. this for you. Thank you. The Evil Dead, 1981. A little late. I already exposed that information. Yeah, you're kind of De- for the races, so there's nothing I can really do. The Evil Dead, 1981. In 1981, a handful of kids from Royal Oak, Michigan, thought, hey, you know what we would have no business doing? Making a movie. So they cobbled together like $230, went up to a spooky cabin, and made the Evil Dead technically down. They went down to a cabin? Yeah. Okay. It's in Tennessee, fun fact. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Now listen, I don't know the history of this movie, how it was made, how it was uh, received, who did what. All I know is the Evil Dead is pretty freaking good. Sam Raimi threw a camera around and started making scary noises and stop-motion trees and said to the actors, act. And they do for a bit, until three or four of them die. And then Bruce Campbell said, hold on, I'm about to put my whole Bruce Campbussy into this. And that's when this film truly starts to shine. Eight out of ten. Not bad. Chris? What? What's your experience with The Evil Dead? Uh, it's something that has always uh, been a part of my life. Uh, when I was a child... Uh, my dad was huge on two and, uh, the army of the darkness. Uh, it was like a special edition of army of darkness. Mm-hmm. That was the Necronomicon. Very cool. And uh, I can't remember exactly, but like he used to throw it in the freezer all the time. Cause that was part of the instructions was that the book felt more like flesh or something like that when it was like frozen or whatever, uh, something like that. But, uh, don't know what happened to that thing. It was cool. And, uh, Yeah growing up that was frequent viewing army of darkness specifically yeah evil dead too not so much the evil dead um my dad's not the biggest fan of like just straight up horror mm-hmm. or even like horror you know that has like a little bit of like you know like low budget but it kind of has like an aesthetic thing going for it and it maybe is a little campy you know what i mean uh he definitely appreciates more like uh the slapstick horror action blend that is the other two yeah um for good reason uh, i'm gonna st- just a side note it it kind of reminds me of like evil dead seems kind of like halloween like cobbled together for nothing mm-hmm. very atmospheric and yeah i was gonna say aesthetic that. and then like evil dead 2 slash army of darkness is kind of like a the thing thing yeah you know what i mean where like now all of a sudden john carpenter has some money you know and uh you know shows off that like hey maybe give me spider-man exactly yeah, yeah. so oh they should give john carpenter spider-man <laughs> um and then otherwise uh one other thing i want to shout out is uh that period of like 12 13 14 where like you know you see fight club when you you know you see drive and you see like donnie darko and you're like oh my god movies bro oh my god oh shit dude movies dude um (laughs) (laughs) in donnie darko there's a scene where uh donnie takes his little girlfriend to a midnight showing a movie of a movie and they're watching the evil dead and that. she fell asleep. She's sleeping next to him. And it keeps cutting between him watching it with like a little smirk on her, his face with like her sleeping on his shoulder. And then cutting back to the, the scene where the, the, the porch uh, swing just goes thump. Thump. Mm-hmm. And then the car just like is rolling down while it's going thump. Thump. And I remember being a kid. And you know how like, you know, you're like 12, 13, 14. You're like, oh my God, dude, girls, dude. Oh my God, girls, dude. And uh, I don't know about you, but I went through, like, that romantic phase where I'm like, dude, I'm just going to get one, and we're going to be forever, dude. It's going to be, like, there's going to be a ring on that finger, dog. And uh, so, yeah, I remember just, like, that's one of those things in a, in a movie 
that like you get stuck in your head of like damn dude i mean that's the shit i want to be doing with a girl you know i want to be like going to a movie at like midnight and it's like not even like a new movie it's like we're going to see like a cult movie at midnight you know and then i grew up and i did that shit oh good for you and then the city of royal oak was like hey you know this is like a good thing for like the community to have you know like or if you can like you know come from all over to at midnight yeah. watch a movie together uh parking garage yeah, we're gonna make note. it a parking garage. Fuck the city of Royal Oak. Is that like a done deal yet? Do you know? I think there's like petitions going around. So yeah, long story short, uh, city of Royal Oak. Uh, if you do the shit, I'm never going to your city again. Uh, the main art theater right there on uh, Main Street in Royal Oak, Michigan. The only reason uh, I go to Royal Oak ever again is to go to that parking garage and take a human <laughs> dump in it. But it's just fucking. Uh, you know, there are obviously way more uh, important things to get upset about. So this is very low tier. But, uh, yeah, big fuck you. I mean, that's like, uh, I can't think of anything in my vicinity as in 25-mile radius cooler. The the main art, that's that's it. I love the main art. Yeah, and the I main art's dead now. I mean, my grandma, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in power. Rest in power. Sorry, Transformers 10. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, literally your parents used to throw a quarter at her, and she would just take that quarter down there and go see movies all day. It's awesome. been there, it's been there awesome. since the 40s. It's like... I've been there a handful of times, and this is going to sound hyperbolic and pretty cheesy, but I don't care. Every time I've seen a movie there, it's been a magical experience. Um, it's been like one of the best movies I've ever seen, or the best movie yeah. experience I've ever seen. I'm pretty um, sure that's where we saw The Lighthouse. Absolutely, yes. You took me there on my birthday to see Scott Pilgrim one yep. time. Uh, I saw High Life. Th- I saw High Life there. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I saw The Souvenir there. Mm-hmm. I saw um, a Mr. Rogers documentary there. That was my favorite thing about it. Like movies like The Lighthouse yeah. and the Mr. Rogers documentary. Yeah. You're not fucking seeing that at MJR or mm-hmm. at, uh, AMC. I saw Clockwork Orange at midnight there. Um, I could go on and on. But yeah, even like, you know, you go in and to the right, they usually have like local art on display and you can sit and wait for your movie to start. Yeah. And then on the left, they got all the concessions. But also they get, they used to get their coffee from Great Lakes Coffee. So it was decent mm-hmm. coffee. So I used to get a coffee and I'm going to sit in the movie theater and stuff. And they only have like one theater, I think, right? It's just the I one. Just... There might be two. Is there two? I think there's a couple, yeah. Yeah, but there's not many. It can't be more than two, really. No. Yeah. But yeah, the room is nice and big. It's not crazy elevated. And the screen's just massive. Yeah. And it's just, it's perfect. That was always my favorite thing about it, is movie theaters, as time goes on, and it makes sense, have become more of, there's not even a word for it, what they are now, which, you know, and you got the you got the big restaurant, you got the bar over on the side, you go mm-hmm. there, you scan your phone, and you get your ticket or whatever. I love that the main art was like, a movie theater. Like, what you think a movie theater is uh, yeah the best way to describe it is like if like uh if if uh, if a group of kids were are gonna go to a movie inside of a movie made in like the 80s or something like that's the movie theater they would go this to. is where yeah. the last action hero happens yeah <laughs> yeah I, I and that was my favorite thing about it it's something i don't like about new movie theaters and i've been saying this since before i started to go to the main mm-hmm. art and all my friends were like you're an insane person and i absolutely get it but the reclining chairs and the giant elevation and stuff like that just fucks it up for me mm-hmm. on a certain level. The Something about the main art and older movie theaters like that where you're just in that chair mm-hmm. and there's not that much elevation and there's just this fucking gigantic screen in front of you. Mm-hmm. 
and you are in this movie. Yeah. Like when I go to a movie theater now, where I'm sitting, how I'm sitting, feels like I'm watching my television. Yeah. And I hate it. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of like the chairs we're sitting in right now. Exactly. Like yeah. when I when I want to sit down, I want to sit down. Yes. When I'm in a movie now and I'm in the big comfy lazy boy and it reclines and stuff like that, I'm sleepy and I'm comfy and I'm just mm-hmm. whatever and I might even fall asleep. I don't want that shit. I don't want that at all. I mm-hmm. want to be like I'm at school. Yeah. I want to be sitting in a desk watching a movie. I want all of my attention to be paid directly in front yeah. of me. Um and it's just uh cool, youthful, magical. There is also um no longer seemingly a place around here. There, there could be a couple, like I know Cinema Detroit is still a thing and the film lab is a thing or whatever, but like the main art is like a place that I would go like when like the forty eight hour film festival happens and like just a group bunch of people get together yeah. to you know, you get a prompt on Friday and by Sunday night you have to turn in a movie and then three months later they'll screen all those movies there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I know out in Howell, there's the historic Howell Theater. Um, and that one's neat. Apparently Howell was like the at least here in Michigan, like the KKK capital. So Oof. it's not a cool place in that regard. Most people when you say like Howell, they're like, Oh yeah, fuck that place. Huge cinephiles though. Yeah. But no, their 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 uh their theater there in Howell is awesome. Uh, it's owned by a younger guy who's obviously like a cinephile. You know, the walls are just covered in, you know, all kinds of, you know, niche movie uh, mm-hmm. posters and stuff like that. And that's where I went for, uh, in October, they oh, they yeah. do the 12-hour horror movie fest. So they I'm show, sorry, I done that. Yeah, they show like eight or nine movies. There's like a 15-minute break between each of them and also an hour and a half lunch between the two halves or whatever. And yeah, you get there at like 10 in the morning. It's not done until like midnight or one. And uh, yeah, I mean, the last time I went, it was like, you know, they showed like The Lost Boys. They showed uh, like a like a monster fight movie like Godzilla versus Ghidorah or something like that. Uh, they showed the new Halloween kills cause it had just come out. Mm-hmm. It hadn't actually started showing in their theater. That was like the premiere for it. Yeah. Um, they showed video Um, trying to think of some of the other ones, but there's at least half of what was shown that day. If you have... Oh, go on. One of the earliest ones was the, the original William castle 13 ghosts, which is much yeah. better than the 13 ghosts we've discussed yeah. here on this yeah. podcast. Uh, I'd absolutely love to do it this year. If you ever, if you get yeah. any information on that, let me know as soon as possible. So yeah, I can could be a special thing to do for Halloween too. Yeah, absolutely. Pod, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so how? <laughs> so the Evil Dead. So the Evil Dead. Um, your history with it. <laughs> um, yeah, my much like yours. My dad loves loves these movies. Yeah, my dad is a big. Um, my dad really likes movies, not yeah. in the same way I do, and we disagree ninety percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But my dad's really big on like demons and movies, so sick like that. Yeah, love Supernatural. Watched every episode of that fucking thing. Um, I don't know if I can dip that deep. No, me neither. It seems like uh, like the X Files is kind of like weed, and then like uh, you know Supernatural would just be like mainlining like black time yeah yeah like in terms of like like the x-files is like still at most of the times trying to keep a baseline like law and order head mm-hmm. to it and then like something like supernatural is just like nah dog we in the camp right now it's summertime we're camping yeah it's been a very long time since i've seen it but i remember supernatural first half is kind of serious um but then it just really starts dipping from what i heard into like the camp it like i mean like yes and no the thing about early Supernatural that I remember liking, because I watched a lot of it with my dad, yeah, is it is just Monster of the Week. Mm-hmm. 
this week we're getting the Demogorgon or yeah. whatever. And then as it goes on, it starts to have more of a storyline and like it becomes more of like a, I guess like a Doctor Who like, it's a show. It turns into a show for teenage girls, which shows like that my dad loves. Um, and uh, yeah, it just gets a little uh, a little. It gets crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think in like the last season they have a Scooby Doo episode. Yeah, they hang out with Scooby Doo. Okay, maybe it's not super far, but I think maybe Charmed might be one step past oh, Supernatural. My dad, loves, my dad loves Charmed. Because I'm thinking it probably goes like on the gradient scale, like X-Files, Buffy, mm-hmm. Supernatural, Charmed. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, though, because I don't really know Charmed much. I just know that my sister loved it, and I remember it being pretty yeah. goofy. And I know that Buffy's a little more goofy than X-Files, mainly because it's Joss Whedon, and he's mm-hmm. just got that, like, tongue-in-cheek all the time yeah. about him, you know? Yeah. And, like, I think the way that scale works is on the other side of X-Files yeah. is Twin Peaks. <laughs> and the thing with my dad is my dad loves all of it until X-Files. I don't oh, think okay. my dad cares about X-Files at all. Okay. Like, I think that's where we differentiate. Yeah. Um, but we do agree on the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. He loves these movies. And I remember growing up, I don't know if he still has it. He has to still have it. My dad works for, still does, for a printing company. Yeah. And they do all the Anchor Bay films. Mm-hmm. Like, they print all their covers and, like, promotional stuff. And I think the story goes, my dad was at, like, a like a, a convention for Anchor Bay. Like, it, was, it wasn't an Anchor Bay convention. He was at a convention, and Anchor Bay had a station there. And he was, like, doing, like, work work. Yeah. And at the Anchor Bay booth, I think Bruce Campbell was there. Mm-hmm. And I think my dad said something to somebody about how he was bummed out he didn't get to meet Bruce Campbell, or he wasn't going to that day. Mm-hmm. And someone came back to him later that day with a copy of Army of Darkness signed by Bruce Campbell that said, Dear Raleigh, get back to work, Bruce Campbell. Uh, and so my dad would be like, look at this. I have this. It's the guy from the movie. And I'd be like, that's cool. And I remember yeah. watching Army of Darkness with my dad, and I'm like, Growing up, anytime I'd see Bruce Campbell in anything, or either of us would see Bruce Campbell in anything, I'd be like, it's the guy that works at S-Smart. And my dad would be like, yeah, yeah, it's him. Yeah. 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 Um, and so just, you know, having that much knowledge about this movie, these movies growing up. And then I don't think it was, uh, I think it was like maybe four years ago. It was the first time I sat down and watched the first Evil Dead. Yeah. I think I watched all of them. I, yeah, I watched all three of them. And I really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Um, in descending order yeah i really love the evil dead i like evil dead too and i'm not a fan of army of darkness yeah and then i mean you watched it the other day and it was basically like watching it again for the first time there's yeah. so much of it i did not remember um and i just love this movie it's a it's a it's 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 i love it That's the great. last thing i have to say that it has not to do with the movie itself there was a playstation 2 game called like evil dead like maybe regeneration or something like that where you had like a little like half demon guy following you that was voiced by sam raimi's brother yeah ted yeah and uh i don't know why but that was like the peak of g4 mm-hmm. and no oh, i missed g4 for some reason in my like eight-year-old mind that game captured my imagination to a degree that i i can't even describe to you yeah like i had never played like a bethesda style rpg where like you're just plopped in a world and you're like it's like you're a prisoner and then from there you can just do whatever you want you can go anywhere pick up anything go into any room mm-hmm. like house like any house in the game is accessible you know like um yes like something like gta has an open world but like bethesda has freedom yeah like you could do anything <laughs> you know what I mean? and for some reason in my little brain uh i basically was like 
just going down the rabbit hole of like I didn't know it at the time, but like what if like this Evil Dead game was like Daggerfall? Like that's the game I really want. I want like this Evil Dead game where like you could just like you could like the whole world like it's not just contained to that one town that you could like get in cars and you could drive and you could go to houses and stuff like that. And like, I was just like, it had nothing to do with the evil dead. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, I wanted it to be the evil dead, but like the most open world RPG that had ever existed. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but I used to just fantasize about that all the time. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, but G4 is back. It has been for like a year or so. Yeah. And, I don't care about it. I don't watch any of it. I think it might be on TV, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure. But I know they do a lot of online stuff, which makes sense. That's what yeah. you got to do nowadays. And I don't watch any of it, but sometimes Adam Sessler will post a review, like an X-Player review, and I'll watch it for like a new game. Oh, and it just makes me so happy. Something about just his voice yeah. and just his cadence and mm-hmm. just the X-Play of it all. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is what this should be. Yeah. And I remember when they were coming back, they did, like, a reunion show where, like, all the old hosts got together and talked about, which I think none of them are back except for Adam Sessler. Yeah. But all of them got back and were talking about G4 and what it was and what it did for them and this and that. And they had, like, Olivia Munn and Morgan Webb and Kristen Holt and Kevin Pereira and Adam Sessler and Blair, can't remember his last name, but just all the guys, Mm -hmm. the whole gang. And they... And I was like, oh, this is nice. I like watching this. And then they were playing, like, old clips of, like, Attack of the Show and stuff. And it's just, like, something reached into the very back of my brain and pulled out just a a trough of memories. And I was like, fuck. This was my life for, like, four or five years. Mm -hmm. Like, just middle school and maybe late elementary school just every day i would go home and i would watch g4 until yeah. i had to go to bed yeah and like i remember whenever e3 would happen that's where i would watch it yeah i would record it on the dvr and get home from school and watch e3 because they would play it live that's the only place you could watch it um g4 was a magical thing and i very much so miss it but also when i think about it now as an adult there's a lot of stuff as a kid when i saw it just like the extreme oversexualization of women and their female hosts that i remember as a kid being like this is weird and i don't know why they're doing it and yeah i was an adult and i see it and i go mm, maybe it's good g4's gone <laughs> yeah I, I think over the last couple of years i've been having a sort of an epiphany about how important video games have been to me in general but i'm probably gonna shelf that one just because we should probably get to the fucking movie already yeah <laughs> um but yeah, just long story short, I mean, it, it, what made me want to say that is when you were talking about like, oh, this was my life kind of a thing. Like, yeah, just, I was like, damn, you know, like I can remember being a kid and like, you know, my dad having an SNES and playing like some incredible Hulk game and like playing like the trilogy of Star Wars games that came out on that thing. And then like within a year or two being put into Latchkey and again, all they had was the SNES and like a, and a Sega Genesis. And like, I would play like, I can't remember which exact, but, like, one of the WWF, like, Royal Rumble-ish games, like, just 16-bit uh, with, like, Jake the Snake and, like, The Undertaker and Hulk Hogan, even though I was in the era of, like, John Cena and Rey yeah. Mysterio. Like, that was probably my second exposure to wrestling other than, like, growing up with, like, The Rock and Stone Cold. Before I got back into, like, just week-to-week and, like, the Randy Orton and stuff like that, it was that. And also, like, Altered Beast and stuff like that. And then, you know, f- you know, ended up getting a PlayStation, playing things like Spyro, and even just, like, little games I didn't understand. Like, yeah. 
where like you just have like a gun with like three bullets and there's like a locked door in front of you and you just boot it up and you're like seven you can't read and you're just like what do i do what do i do but you keep like then you put duke duke back in and you play that for a while then for some reason you get bored of that game so you're like let me try that again let me see if i can figure that out and you're still just standing next to that door and like (laughs) i remember getting a playstation as a kid before i could read yeah and we had like crash bandicoots the rugrats and roller coaster tycoon yeah and every now and then i would boot up roller coaster tycoon and that game when you can't read yeah impossible yeah. and i'd just be mashing buttons and just placing janitors everywhere and be yeah. like, i guess i'll go past the crash bandicoot yeah but no it just, I, I'll get, we'll get talk about evil dead in a second i promise okay. but it's so insane to think about that like it's such a, a moment in time that there was a television show about video game cheats mm-hmm. on the air and i remember i would watch i'd turn on g4 and cheat would come on and it'd be like here's a bunch of cheats for hulk ultimate destruction and i'd be like right this game down. looks awesome I used to play the fuck out of that game. Yeah, and I'd, I'd cobble together all my video games so that I was like, I can... Live without these. <laughs> I can live without these. And I'd yeah. be like, Mom, drive me to GameStop. And yeah. I'd go, here are all my games. I'd like Hulk, Hulk Ultimate Destruction. And be yeah. like, you're $3 short. And I'd be like, oh, Mom, you got to give me $3. Yeah. But yeah, and it's so weird, like, the things that, like, I grew up playing. Like, it was just random shit that my parents got me because, like, they yeah. knew I liked little things. Like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. some of the games that are most important to me, like, growing up was, like, I think Maximo 2 okay uh spyro 2 uh scooby-doo how night of a thousand frights absolutely uh, absolutely that punisher like war journal or something mm-hmm. like that like that punisher game uh there was a predator game modeled after concrete jungle that i played the fuck out of um i loved that duke nukem 2 time to kill i think is what it was called um just random random shit i played the fuck out of like the series of unfortunate events game like i said that evil dead game yeah. like it just weird things like you know like it's just odd because like growing up like you know or at least now like people talk about like but even then just like you know like jack and daxter or like ratchet and clank or those like are, those are my, those are things that i you know i didn't yeah. i didn't ever play those i didn't ever play like sly cooper's like oh exclusively what i played. yeah i always had just weird yeah. shit that like my family bought me because they're like hey you like scooby-doo oh, i had house. that shit too yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like i remember like right after we got our playstation my dad was all about it yeah and so for christmas that year somebody bought him a bunch of video games that yeah. he never played yeah and after a while when i got tired of my jack and daxters and ratchet and clanks and sly coopers i was just going through like dvds or something like that and found all these and i was like well i guess i'll try castlevania max Payne, and metal gear solid 2 yeah and never played castlevania but max Payne and metal gear solid 2 yeah are two of my favorite games of all time yeah and like just like it's like finding porn in the woods somewhere just video <laughs> games back in the day were just like i was going through a bin and i yeah. found metal gear solid 2 the most one of the most important pieces of media in my entire life yeah and then also i have this like strange memory of like opening a cupboard in the basement and finding like slip like just square cases with just cds in them of like i can't remember what all the games were but i know enter the matrix for the playstation 2 was in there i was yeah. like cool a video game i guess i'll play this yeah. and start playing it and like my dad comes me downstairs and goes where'd you get this i went and i was just in that cabinet over there he goes oh well that was for your birthday and i was like <laughs> oh shit sorry yeah i kind of miss that primordial soup era where like yeah. games were just like offline yeah it's just this game that had like 16 levels every level was distinct mm-hmm. maybe towards the tail end they recycled ones and like did it backwards in a different color or something like that yeah and like you had some unlockables and stuff like that but like by and large 
it was akin to like picking up a little like football handheld while you're on the shitter. Absolutely. But because you're eight and have nothing else to do, you're like, I'm gonna fucking do everything I can in this how the yeah. stole Christmas game for yeah. PlayStation One. Exactly. Why, um, why would they make Nightmare Before Christmas a video game? I don't know, but I'm playing it. And, and it, 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 it makes me a little bit sad that kids don't get it anymore. Yeah. But I do think it's very cool that the most popular game that every kid is playing, Fortnite, is free. Yeah. So every kid gets to play it. But it does make me a little sad that kids are probably just doing that instead yeah. of... Well, there's also Minecraft and Roblox, which are very imaginative games, and that that's neat that they're really into that as well. Yeah. Those require imagination because that's like the thing that I've always heard people yeah. say about Minecraft and it actually makes me very self-conscious is like Minecraft is a game where if you don't have an imagination, then you have nothing to do in the game. Yeah. And I guess I don't have one because literally yeah. what happens every time is I chop up some wood, make a little house, and then I go, what else is there to do in this game? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't go. I go, get it. <laughs> this music makes me want to kill. <laughs> So I'm going to turn this off. But no, it's definitely uh, that uh, now that I hear myself say it. Yeah, I sound like an old man. There is probably a lot of amazing stuff that kids are getting out of video games and yeah. whatever the way they consume media now. But mm-hmm. but it is also one of those things where like it, it is uh, I get what you mean, like to, for kids to just be mainlining Fortnite when like, yeah, I had to do that thing where like, you know, you're just enthralled with like, oh, my God, there's a series of unfortunate events game. I love mm-hmm. those books. And then like you're just playing that. Um, Cause yeah, I remember that. Like you know, it was kind of that kind of stuff, and then Rock Band kind of happened, and there was like yeah. a big Rock Band to Garage Hero Fuck era, that, and it was like kind of simultaneous too, but also like just before I really just started hitting Call of Duty hard. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was Call of Duty, and then it was like kind of like World of Warcraft, Skyrim, and you know I really haven't progressed past that. Yeah, but. I get that. But anyways, long story short, uh, just between that and then all of the different media related to video games that i've consumed like even just something stupid like grandma's boy uh but even something like g4 and even things like uh the angry video game nerd you know like uh just like i said over the last couple years i've just been like wow like it's sort of this integral part of my life that like i'm not gonna lie there was definitely like a period between like you know maybe like graduating high school and like uh you know doing molly and stuff like that with like elric elton and whatever where like i tried to shun like i like playing video games because like, I'm like, I'm going to go live real life. And I don't know, just over the last couple of years, I've been like, uh, I don't know. It's like a neat thing that is definitely a huge part of my life. I can't, yeah. You know, it's just. But anyways, the evil dead. <laughs> Two seconds. Like what we were saying about your birth date being important to you. I think yeah. that's what our childhood and hunting for video games and stuff like yeah. that is for us. Yeah. It's just important to us. Yeah. And kids now have their own birthdays that they're sweet on yeah i'm sure that's just as important as ours mm-hmm. and we just don't really understand it so i'm happy for the kids i'm happy for us the evil dead's a good movie talk about it that's that mattress man we are we are we are almost done sorry go on no uh but the evil dead uh starts out honestly um love the low budget feel um i love that era of just getting your pocket changed together and going to make a horror movie halloween's a great example Evil Dead's a great example. Um, opens up, gives me a pretty strong first Friday the 13th vibe. Everybody's hanging out in the car singing. Uh, Friday the 13th, the original one, opens with everybody around a campfire singing. Yeah, insane. They're driving up, driving down to this cabin. Yeah. No radio. Yeah, like, just singing. Like, they're just drinking out of a mason jar, yeah. just singing to each other. Yeah. I can't... It's like when we were watching uh, The Witch. Yeah. 
and being like, oh, if I just had to sit there by that candlelight and eat dinner, I would kill myself. <laughs> it made me think of what's... Uh, like, why go there instead of staying in, like, London or whatever? Like, why go to the New World? I, I think it would be the biggest problem traveling back in time. You know the, like, the old joke in, like, TV and movies and stuff where, like, they're, we're on a road trip and Dad wants to sing 99 bottles of beer yeah. on the wall at a point in time... That was an Xbox. Yeah. That would be the worst part about traveling back in time is you would be so unbelievably bored. Yeah. That the bar is that low. That yeah. That's a fun thing to do. Yeah. There's a point in this movie where he goes, hey, do you want to stay up and listen to the storm together? <laughs> yeah. No. I'd like to go to sleep, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, the then they almost run into a truck going the opposite direction on the road. They play it off like it's super dramatic. It's not that dramatic, but kind of a staple of uh, horror to like try to get some melodrama going a little early, yeah. just to like get your senses heightened. Um, that all that's whatever. They've got some you know tacky like just classic camp horror dialogue where they're like hey man there's something wrong with your steered wheel and he's like oh rats dog i just brought that in right before we left there's no way well you better gotta... take it back <laughs> yeah um but then in my opinion the real start of the movie is uh already talked about it when we were talking about donnie darker earlier it's just a thump thump before they do thump that as the car pulls in oh such before a the car pulls in they drive over the bridge yeah and they go don't worry this bridge is very safe yeah and then a piece of the wood falls out from the bridge, and the car gets stuck in it. Mm-hmm. And you get a shot from under the bridge yeah. of the wood falling out and the tire falling into a hole, and you can see it from the underside of the bridge. Yeah. And I think art, I like, I, I don't like, I do and I don't love, like, there is, I can't think of the original artist. But there's a painting that I hear David Lynch talk about that is, like, the point of the painting is how much the the artist hates the little block of text they hang up next to the painting, you mm. know, about explaining what the painting is, you know. Like, that's the antithesis of art. What yeah. you see yeah. and what you feel, that's the art. And, like, David Lynch has a painting or an art piece that is... There's just a bunch of flies, a bunch of dead flies nailed to a board. Yeah. And under each fly is a name. Yeah. Like Ryan, Daniel, Megan, Josh. And the point of that is, if these were just flies, they'd be dead flies. Yeah. But now they have a name. Mm. So since there's these words here, you associate something with it. Yeah. And I feel that way about movies, but also there's no movie more than this movie that I would like to watch with Sam Raimi and be like, Tell me about this. Yeah, like when the, the the tire falls through the bridge, I nothing I want more than for Sam Raimi to be on the couch and be like, "How'd y'all do this? Yeah, did you almost drop a car through a bridge?" <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of two things. One, shouts out to a the YouTuber. I think his name is Nathan Zed. But he had that YouTube video I was talking to you about about the Batman and the whole like yeah that whole thing where long story short he was like up until the point when i was a kid i was like oh man what's the plot of that movie if you know i need the plot or else it's not a good movie if the plot doesn't make sense then it's a bad movie and just at a certain point uh he was just like oh no a movie is like a painting he's like i don't sit there and like study it academically i look at the thing and it makes me feel something Uh and he's like same thing with movies like the shining the best example i can give he's like there's not really a plot to that thing there's no plot in mm-hmm. fact there's barely an ending and you can't even suss out what is exactly going on 
but goddamn if it ain't vibes, you know, that kind of yeah, thing where it's just like, yeah. it's just dripping, you know, that kind of a thing. And so, yeah, I just wanted to shout that out real quick, uh, because yeah, that just sums up like my enjoyment from movies now. Cause I think I definitely took that path as well for like a long time. Mm-hmm. I was always like, Oh dude, like the, you know, and even movies where I still think they have sound plots, like something like, uh, you know, there will be blood or like, um, no country for old men or, uh, you know, the Godfather or, uh, Synecdoche, New York or, uh, whatever it is or Magnolia, no matter how well thought out and like, you know, solid, like the story is and the arc of the characters at the end of the day, it's what the movie makes me feel. And that's not yeah. just tied into like what the characters do. And I'm like, Oh, I can relate to that. There's just something about like every square inch of what I'm seeing and every, thing that i can hear that just gives off a specific vibe yeah you know it's just it's the biggest fight me and my old man have yeah we watched mandy the other Mm -hmm. day the nick cage movie yeah i highly recommend it i think it's pretty cool okay um and yeah we just had the same fight that we always do my dad was like that's two hours i'm never getting back and like my dad i think it's because he's a big reader my dad loves to read and so for a movie it has to be basically an adaptation of a book for him to really like it yeah and yeah it's just something i can't get through to him and i can't get through to a lot of people but people i do like you uh are my favorite people <laughs> when i'm just like no man movies are vibes yeah like, yeah it, 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 to, to dumb it down as much as possible just like if a movie's sad and it's a bummer and you leave the movie feeling worse than you did when you went in that's a f- great movie yeah it's just uh, someone using light bouncing into a camera yeah. to make you feel a different way than you yeah. did when you came in. Mm-hmm. That's what that's just all about. Yeah. It's like that movie, The Souvenir. My dad does give me uh, grief a lot for putting that on my top 100. He's like, how can you say there's a movie where you're checking your watch and you're so bored? And I was like, yeah, because it's a specific kind of bored. Yeah. Like, I was enamored that a movie could bore me like this. Like, it was bored the way that, like, I would be at a dinner and i'd be like oh when's this thing over but like still like i don't totally want to leave because it is neat and this is good food and like you know maybe i'm here with like my partner and my partner's family but i'm not just totally i'm just not totally vibing like i'd kind of rather be home that kind of a thing like it was like a slice of life bored like i yeah. was vicariously feeling boredom more than like i was like it's not like i was watching pickles pixels or something i i nothing that movie maybe i'd watch and i would get some kicks out of like oh isn't this so dumb um, but it, it wasn't bored in the sense where I'm like, oh, I'm not in this. It was like boredom was almost like the emotion you were supposed to be feeling. Almost like something like uh, Moonlight with just like how meticulous and kind of slow and like one-to-one with reality some of the scenes can feel. Like that kind of a thing. Yeah. So that's also vibes is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and that also lends itself to and like maybe kind of on the opposite side of the coin. Chris? I want to talk about Doctor Strange. Not now. Not now? No, not now. I haven't seen it yet. And also, we got to talk about the fucking Evil Dead. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just going to... I'll keep this quickish. It's what we're talking about. I've heard a lot of people not really like the new Doctor Strange, directed by Sam Raimi, so it ties in. Yeah, my dad loved it. I loved it. Because the plot, not the best thing in the world, but it's much like this movie... It's a lot of Sam Raimi being like, here's some stuff. Yeah. And what I'm seeing on the screen relates with a lot of, like what we were saying with The Shining, 
I don't so much when I watch The Shining think, uh, this is what Stanley Kubrick wants me to feel or what he wants me to see. Yeah. I just feel something. Yeah. And on the opposite side of that coin, which is what I feel with The Evil Dead and Doctor Strange, too, is somebody's making something and I'm seeing that and I go, that's really cool. And that makes me go, wow, cool. And that's what I really like. Yeah. Um, like I, the, the, the first Doctor Strange, I didn't like too much because it was just kind of boring. And oh, cool. The city folds in on itself. That's cool for half a second. Yeah. But in this one, he's like, oh, fuck it. Uh, bad guys come after me. Uh, s- snake hands. I'm shooting snakes out of my hands. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, fun. And there's like a that is cool, cool fun. camera work. And like, uh, uh, again, not to spoil any of it for you, but it uh, just like it's it's what we're always talking about. And I think it's the here. I'll sum it up. The other side of the coin is this is a movie made by a person. Yeah. And I can tell the entire way through. And I really love that, and I really appreciate it. And it makes me feel happy and excited to be watching a movie. I'm excited about the snake hands thing primarily because, again, I've been most vocal about the biggest bummer about the Doctor Strange movie because I like Doctor Strange. I like Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, I just don't like that the, the 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 magic is like an augmentation of like your kung fu skills in that movie a lot. Like yeah, they like the little yeah. shields and stuff. Like when I'm thinking of like the greatest magician or like just magic in general, like that's what I want. Like you know, in World of Warcraft, you can turn people into sheep. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I, I I think of it more as like uh, illusions, almost like something like Mysterio might be able mm-hmm. to actually do if he wasn't, uh, you know, sort of a shifty character. Yeah. There's a, a part in this movie, Doctor Strange, where he traps the no spoilers, the antagonist in like a the hollow mirrors thing that you see from the first movie, and the antagonist is like looking around trying to get out, and they reach their hand out and they touch one of the mirrors. And it turns into a liquid, and their hand goes through it. Yeah. Just like the Evil Dead. Yeah. Back to it. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, uh, this is a movie, like, uh, Pink Flamingos comes to mind when we were talking about, like, oh, this is a movie that still feels like it's something I shouldn't be watching. Uh, the Evil Dead still, that first one specifically, still feels like uh, like a hidden gem, like a cult movie. Like, it feels like something yeah. you're, like, you feel like you found something special when you watch it. Like, uh-huh. it, it, you know, it's... Like just that nondescript thing where like the movie in and of itself, um, the bulk of it is middle of the road horror, mm-hmm. but for some reason there's just something about the way that it looks and the way that it sounds and some of the things that happen in it where you're like, yeah. this is just different. It's like there's just something different here. It's like yeah, exactly. It's like Pink Flamingos, but it's also like the Terminator, which we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, which it- again is just straight up not deviating from any sci-fi formula and yet there's something different there's something so charming and earnest about yeah both of these movies or alien even yeah well less so alien well but that one's still beat for beat just straight up sci-fi yeah yeah, yeah. like there already have been black and white movies where people are on a spaceship and there's an alien on there yes yeah i mean but but that one has a bigger budget i know what you're saying like it's yeah a little ahead of my point (laughs) yeah yeah, no, it definitely feels like people doing the best they can with what they have mm-hmm. and doing a pretty good job. Like, yeah. a lot of this movie is very cheesy. Yeah. And a lot of this movie looks very hokey. Yeah. But what it achieves in those yeah. is stellar. Yeah. And I love it. Like, like, there's a scene where his sister is turning full ghoul and she, like raises up off the ground yeah. in front of the window 
and there's just that shot where she's like, Rah! and it is very clearly there's like a a stick attached to her back and somebody's <laughs> lifting her up, yeah. but it looks great. Yeah. Or because uh, even when it looks kind of cheesy, it still looks, in my opinion, as if it could be supernatural. Yeah. Like one of those things yeah, yeah. where like the the cheesy nature of the practical effects registers as like oh on a technical level they could have done that better but also because it's so unnatural it's like Absolutely, almost like yeah. supernatural right? exactly like, yeah yeah and it and even when it's not achieving that it is just passable enough to make you think about it to yeah. be like oh this is actually very scary if i was in this situation yeah and it's like a weird like like this movie doesn't scare me on the surface like nothing about it makes you go ooh ah ooh but it's ghouls are the creepiest ghouls in my opinion yes it's almost like in a weird way Blair Witch yeah Blair Witch gets scarier when I think about being there yeah and in this especially yeah sisters turns into a ghoul they lock her in the cellar she's like popping up from it being like bah, I'm a ghoul and they go, one of the guys says to one of the girls, why don't you go to bed? We'll deal with this in the morning. And I think about it, and I'm like, fuck. If I was just up north with all my friends, and one of them turned into a ghoul, and we had it locked in the basement, <laughs> yeah. that's one of the scariest yeah. situations I can think of. The one thing that I think doesn't land scary-wise is the, we're gonna get yeah, absolutely. I think I Evil Dead that. 2 did the best job of changing that kind of creepy childlike behavior to the whole like mama's gonna buy you a diamond ring and if that diamond ring don't I'm gonna buy you a... um because that's just one of those things where like uh it's almost like when uh that movie insidious or whatever the fuck it was like did like the tiptoe through the tulips thing okay scary uh but if they were to just like like the like just try to like take something that kids do and then be like, oh, isn't it creepy when it's a demon kid now? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't that's what I'm that talking stuff. about. Like, we're coming to get you. Like, that's just so, like, exactly. run-of-the-mill yeah. spooky. At least, like, Mama's going to buy you a diamond ring. I don't know what other movie where, like, a ghost grandma in a basement that looks disgusting is, like, singing that, I yeah. guess. You know what I mean? Um, so that's just better to me. But uh, the movie as a whole, uh, with the ghouls, one of the things that I was talking about uh, and actually just thinking about on our last rewatch was this is a type of ghoul that, like, uh, I feel like I don't see often, uh, which is that, like, it's not a zombie. Yeah. It is demons, but it's not directly tied to, like, Catholicism, Christianity, anything like that. It's just, like, a primordial kind of, like, ghoul, like, some sort of, like, evil that, like, ancient cultures understood, but we don't, and it almost seems like something that, like... Uh, but it seems like it almost exists, like, uh, devoid of, like, a dichotomy where, like, there isn't necessarily angels. There's no point where someone, like, pulls out a cross yeah. and that, like, repels the the ghoul. It just seems like something that, like, we don't understand. Like, something, like, like legitimately, like, they let Pandora out of the box. And, like, it's, it's like, this is a book that a scholar just translated. Like, there's no yeah. point where, like, someone shows up that's, like, a colleague... And is like, oh, I understand his work. I know what he was working on. I know how we can reverse yeah, it. No, like, there's no cross or garlic that is yeah. going to stop this vampire. It's 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 in that way, like a lot like the uh, alien thing. Yeah, you know, uh, where it's just like part of the fear comes from. You're just fucked. Yeah, there is no counter. Yeah, this is just like 
for lack of a better term, using the alien example or the predator example for, for that movie, um, an apex predator or something like that, like something that like the only way you're going to get out of this is if you use your uh, human brain. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's the only thing. Um, but otherwise, yeah, like I said, you know, we, we just to reiterate cabin got super lucky, obviously Bruce Campbell, super lucky. Oh yeah. Uh, Sam Raimi, super lucky. Those are just three stars aligning. What a um, handsome man that young Bruce Campbell. Even without a unibrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, soundtrack is stellar, especially like I'm immediately thinking of just how striking visually and sonically this movie can be. Like you know, the scene where Ash is burying his girlfriend with like just that cross there and him in that blue shirt mm-hmm. against the, uh, basically just blackness, and then on top of it, there's just that like synthy kind of string-esque yeah. kind of a uh, uh, backdrop a lot of this you know reminds me of you know that halloween soundtrack thing of just like a guy with a keyboard but then there are other times where it sounds a little more fleshed out and like multiple people worked on this uh soundtrack you know yeah um again one of those things is just shocking for how small the b- budget is that sometimes you hear some stuff and you're like wow look at that it sounds like there's more than one guy doing this on a keyboard yeah i i think this movie really takes off when it is when it becomes Bruce Campbell doing his best. Yeah. And the filmmakers doing their best. When yeah. everybody else dies, it is Bruce Campbell running around mm-hmm. being tormented by this evil. Yeah. And it's Bruce Campbell just showing off his chops of being able to just be one man in a room being yeah. compelling. And these filmmakers being like, okay, we have no money. <laughs> what can we do? do yeah okay blood drips from the pipes in the ceilings and this light bulb fills up with blood yeah and then the 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 record player starts going yeah. and then the the projector starts going yeah and then the blood from the ceiling starts dripping on the projector so when it's hitting against him there's blood going down mm-hmm. him but it's not really going against him or like how do we make him getting attacked by a headless woman look real yeah well, you kind of cover this up, and then you get a lot of blood going in his face to yeah. make that look real. And like, mm-hmm. or what if he touches the mirror and it turns into water? That's yeah. an easy trick. You just turn the camera <laughs> ninety degrees, and he touches down into the water. Yeah. Or I, I love the idea of being. I love the idea of them being these like just very poor kids with not a lot of money, and they have this expensive camera. And then being like, like, can you imagine renting like a professional gray camera right now? The entire time we'd be like, nobody come near this thing. Yeah. This thing costs so much money. Yeah. And for them to be like, we're strapping it on a two by four. We're getting on a boat. And I'm just going to fucking throw this thing around the lake to make it look spooky. Yeah. I love it. It's great. And to speak specifically about the Bruce Campbell thing, I think that is a success of the second movie that we'll talk about whenever we talk about the second movie. But yeah. just almost immediately, they're like, let's get it down to Bruce Campbell. That's where the yes. meat is at. That's where the. And there is a point towards the tail end where more people show up, obviously. But the bulk of that movie is just Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. alone. Uh, those people don't last long when they show up later. And uh, yeah, they do the same thing where like they're just like, all right, what about it if his hand went bad and then he had to battle his hand, you know, yeah. to the point that he had to cut it off. And then like, what if, you know, he's hanging out and then everything starts laughing at him and even like the moose head just goes great, 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 and like laughs at him and stuff. 
Uh, but back to this movie. Yeah, again, I, there are, there are uh, a lot of successes. I mean, uh, you know, it's his sister, the first ghoul, for example. Uh, there's yeah. a point where it's his girlfriend. And uh, she's the one that I believe his friend uh, chops up, right? Like, right in front of him. Like, he's like, Ash, come on, hit her, hit her. And he won't. So then he takes the axe from her and starts chopping up the body. Yeah, that's that's his friend's girlfriend. Oh, his friend's girlfriend. Um, but again, even in that scenario, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, again, as you were saying a second ago, like, what if I was in a cabin? And what if my friend had just gotten possessed? And we put him in the cellar. And then what if, you know, my friend's girlfriend got possessed and she's coming at me with a knife? And, like, you know, in my head, I'm like you know i'm not gonna jump to like oh it is probably demon you're probably just frozen like oh my god what do you do and then your friend's like hit her with an axe hit her with an axe you're like oh my god i don't know and then, then takes mm-hmm. the axe from you and then starts chopping her up in front of you and then there's just like that point where you're just kind of like standing there like watching it all happen and he's like you know what i mean because it's it's definitely yeah like i don't have a word for it other than just like shock like yeah. <laughs> genuinely shock um Maybe it sounds corny or cheesy, but it legitimately would be. Um, and, you know, I take it even a step further. With every horror film, there is uh, an element of this. But, you know, specific to the situation, like, we, again, what happens next? The sun comes up, and then he's wanted for killing all of his friends in a cabin. Yeah. That's where that movie goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no one who's going to be able to explain the Book of the Dead and Necronomicon yeah. Yeah, and yeah, Demons yeah. to. Um, and that's just fucked. Like, because that's... You know, one of the things that sucks about this movie that I can't really think of another example offhand like this where a group of people get possessed and you have to kill all of them and then the movie's over. And it's not like Friday the 13th where, like, you got away from Jason and, like, the cops are going to know, like, oh, a murderer was after you and you're the sole survivor. This is a situation where it looks like you just chopped up all your friends. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Well, his sister does kind of melt from the inside out. Yeah. So, maybe that. But who's going to buy that really? Great, like, it would be point. huge news. Like, imagine if that broke. They're like, oh, scientists say this could be demon possession. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? A genuine sequel to Evil Dead. Like, it, it was wise of them to go for the, the like, the, the requill kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you, where do you, I mean, it is, there is ample um, opportunity for a sequel to happen, but it would not be a horror film. I think. It wouldn't be. Yeah. This leads into, uh, bleeds into the fake news thing we were talking about earlier i'm not 100 percent sure on all of what i'm gonna say but i think what happened with the evil dead 2 the reason it's a requel is because a it's evil dead 2 not the evil dead 2 is because they couldn't get the rights back for the first movie yeah so it's just evil dead 2 so it has technically a different name and they redo the first movie in it because they're like fuck it this is our thing now. This is where it starts now. And we'll just quickly run through the first movie. Yeah. I gotcha. But, yeah, I guess the only logical place to go with that movie would be like, uh, send him back in time. <laughs> yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, one thing that stands out to me as a neat nod, but also just strange, uh, I don't buy it that that cabin would have a Hills Have Eyes poster in the basement. Yeah. I'm just not buying it. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I love I love the scene after Yeah, Petey. Petey's the other guy's name? I think it's like Shelly. The other guy? I'm pretty sure it's Shelly. I wanna say it's Petey. I gotta take a look. I think I have it pulled up. Cast. Cheryl 
Scott is his name. His name's Scott? Yeah, Shelly is, I think, the sister, and then Linda's the girlfriend of Bruce Campbell. Who's Petey? There's no Petey in this movie. Anyway, <laughs> Pete goes out to the forest and then comes back and he goes, he's all fucked up. He's all yeah. cut up and stuff like that. He's like, Let's be fair. The tree got got lucky twice. The tree got lucky twice. And he comes back and he goes, we're not getting out of here. And he just sits down on the couch. It's much like, It's much like that scene in This is the End where Jonah Hill's like, hey, God, so something not so chill happened last <laughs> yeah, night. Exactly, exactly. Um, and he's all fucked up. And like the movie keeps going, it's Bruce Campbell, and he's running around, and Petey's on the couch, and he's like, "Fucking, you gotta fuck him up, fuck him up, bud." <laughs> and uh, I do love that. I love when he's running around, and he's trying to figure out what to do, and his girlfriend's there, and she's laughing or singing or whatever, and he just goes, "Shut up, shut up." Yeah, it's great. Um, but I love when he eventually goes. I'm going to have to do what Petey does. And he breaks his girlfriend out of the garage and goes, I'm so sorry. I got to cut you into bits. Yeah. Uh, and he does that and whatever. And he comes back inside and he's talking to Petey. He's like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And he's got a glass of water and he goes to, to put it in his mouth and it's just pouring everywhere. Yeah. Cause he is either too batshit out of his mind at this point or hasn't realized yet that Petey's been dead for a while. Yeah. And that's one of those things we say all the time. Kind of feels out of time. Mm-hmm. Just uh, that's such a like a heartbreaking moment to yeah. watch him trying to. What's what would you say? What's the feed version of drinking? Well, if you try to give someone a drink, what would you call that? Is there a word for that? Like if you're trying to feed somebody but with a drink. I don't got it. If there is, yeah. He's trying to feed drink his, uh, his friend, and it's just not working. It's very sad. Yeah. Um, the only thing it reminds me of, spoilers, is uh, the end of SLC Punk, uh, yeah. where Matthew Lillard's friend dies. He's just sitting there. He's like, come on, please wake up now. Holy posers die, you idiot. What am I going to do for friends? Now I don't yeah. have any friends. He's just talking to the dead body for like a long time. Yeah. Out of time. Uh, but anyways, yes, so uh, the Hills of Ice thing was intended to be a little bit of a segue into, uh, yeah, great concept, them finding that tape and then just being that guy being like, yeah, I was on uh, vacation in uh, Europe uh, or whatever, doing an excavation or whatever in Egypt or whatever the fuck it is. And he's like, and I'm down in this dank tomb and I find this, ooh, the Necronomicordus. It doesn't even call it the Necronomicon. It's got like a yeah. weird name. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, bound in human flesh, inked in blood, or they're all just sitting around listening to it. And it's one of those things where it's like, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> you're staying in this cabin with your friends, and you guys find a tape recorder in the basement. You're like, let's hit play on this. And it's just like, the dead will walk the earth again. I know it for sure. I'm a scholar, and I found a book that, uh, yeah, if you read these incantations, the the dead will most assuredly walk. Mm-hmm. Uh and then the dead start walking a little bit later? Yeah. I mean, again, just what the After hell? you hear that, and then you open the book and go, Hamada Shabada. <laughs> also, can't imagine, I can't imagine hearing that and then reading from the book. And also, I can't imagine sitting in that cabin, the window blows open, your hand turns gray, and you draw a book with a face on it. Yeah. And then later, your friends come up from the basement and go, look at this Facebook. And being like... <laughs> Okay, I like you. I, I no. As soon as I drew the book face, I'd be like, "We gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go home. I gotta see a doctor." Yeah. 
Um, also, just again, like, just how much of a home run? I mean, imagine to any capacity you're working on this this movie. Say it's your friend. Your friend's with Sam Raimi. And he's like, hey, can you just be the sound guy? I know you've never done this before, but just be the sound guy. I feel like when I would when I saw the Book of the Dead, mm-hmm. I would literally just be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Who made that for you? Who did that? Because they are god damn it! Like that's money on the that's that's food on the table. But yeah. look at that fucking thing. Yeah, that fucking yeah. thing is sick. Even the insides, like the drawings on the inside, yeah. and the fake language they wrote inside of it. That thing looks stellar. It really does. Yeah, that looks out of control. It's great. I love that it looks the inside. It might be because they made the book, but it looks shitty like a fucking spooky voodoo person just cobbled together a book. Yeah. It's great. Um, it almost looks like Da Vinci's sketchbook or something. <laughs> like Just yeah, like yeah. things he half drew of people yeah. on the street or whatever. Um, and I do love... It's kind of back to what I was saying, like doing the best you can with what you've got. Them being like, how can we make it just the grossest looking shit that we can? Yeah. with what we have and that kind of brings me to the remake which you haven't seen correct no not yet no i think we should watch it soon okay because if anything that's what that movie is yeah is that being like okay let's take the plot of that movie we have new different characters but also we have a budget sam raimi's producing it yeah let's try to make the grossest shit we possibly can with what we've got. Yeah. And that's what that movie is. And I think it succeeds in that. I haven't seen it in a very long time. Yeah. But I remember enjoying it for just that reason where it kind of has the spirit of Evil Dead. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the Evil Dead at all, almost. But just mechanically. Yeah. I think it's pretty faithful in that way. Yeah. I'd like to rewatch it. A lot of those effects uh, have worked to a great effect i guess but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the uh the pencil and the ankle astronomical but even just the, the the sort of like creature design of like what the ghouls look like yeah it's like basically like what dawn of the dead did with zombies but just not green and a little more like undead in a fantasy way rather than like a real life like what would zombies yeah. look kind of a thing like it almost looks like what like uh you know, like Draugr or like witches look like in like D and D or something, uh, and the milky eyes and just like the unnatural, like twitchy kind of like and like all the noises that they make, the, even with the, you know, their mouth or their joints moving. It got me the most in this movie is uh, watching it this time is the sound design. Yeah, like just especially like the noises that they make. Yeah, it's just like that's the scariest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, it is uh, yeah. out of this world. I yeah. really, like, I've never heard something like that since this movie Yeah, that has scared me. Like, yeah. uh, you know, monsters and ghouls and ghosts nowadays in movies just go, uh, 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 and there's, like, clicking sounds and stuff like that. But just, like, the whining and the screeching and the, like, yeah. they're at, like, levels that they shouldn't be, if that makes any yeah. sense. And it's just scary. Yeah. It really scares this, me. There's a neat, like, implied relationship between, like, whatever's inhabiting the body and the body itself like they feel the pain the body has uh, takes and whatnot um it's really good and i I think it ties into what you're talking about earlier like when i watch the evil dead i am not scared but there's nothing in the movie that isn't genuinely scary like i just want to hammer home the point that like these are some of the scariest monsters demons whatever you call them in movies like 
it'd be probably last on the list of the type of ghoul from movies that I'd want to bump into. Yeah. Um, cause they fuck with you. They make gross noises. They look fucked up and they're definitely also still trying to kill you. Like they're going to try yeah. to stab you with something. Yeah, they yeah. got something to stab you with. You know, even just that scene where the hand comes out of the grave and like just starts scraping his leg with the nails. Yeah, like, it's gross. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah, they're not gonna stop. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that's a little gripey, but it still works because like there's the importance to the necklace. But that necklace ain't gonna grip no book. When he's on the ground, and he's throwing that thing. Yeah, that ain't gonna. I, I I read online that like it was written into the script that at the end it was going to be daytime and he was going to figure out that using the magnifying glass necklace he could burn the book with the sun. But they realized, like, toward the end, that didn't work, and they just kind of kept the rest of the necklace stuff in. And, yeah, the necklace stuff doesn't really work for him yeah. in this book. Yeah. It's like uh, 50-50 with half of me being like, eh, whatever, and the other half being like, eh, it's got importance with, like, how much they built up the necklace. So at yeah. the end, it ends up being, like, a 6 to 7 out of 10. Like, I'm not, like, I would never, like, give it a demerit for it, but it's just one of those things where, like, much like the Hills Have Eyes poster. Does it bother me? No. It's just a funny observation where I'm like, mm, that necklace wouldn't grip no book. Yeah. But it works. It's fine. Um, More fake news. Not sure how real any of this is or if I'm remembering any of it correctly. Yeah. You were talking about the milky eyes, which reminded me. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this stuff apparently in this movie, again, because they had no money, um, a lot of this stuff is kind of practical. The milky eye contacts made the actors absolutely blind, and they couldn't afford fake knives so when an actor is milky eyed and going to stab at bruce campbell they are just blindly stabbing at him with a real knife and he has to try his best (laughs) to not get stabbed yeah um that gun that shotgun that he has they can't afford blanks they're just shooting a real shotgun around in that movie and uh there's a scene i can't remember when it is but like the which I can't believe we haven't talked about just the ethereal spooky ghost camera yeah that is just flying around everywhere awesome love it great I've seen other movies try to mimic it um that's my piece about it but there's it's great a, there's a point in this movie where that crashes through a window yeah and what they did is they just hooked up they attached a two by four to the bottom of the camera with another one perpendicular at the end so it made like a big t you know going just as far so it would be out of frame okay but it still ends in front of the camera and they just smash that through a window and so the actor on the other side just has a bunch of glass coming at them that they're trying not to get hit by yeah uh also too confused mentally emotionally by the tree rape scene to even really touch it much so yeah. it's in there it's in there it's in the movie i hate looking at it otherwise uh this movie a plus i'm gonna give the evil dead a solid a that's what i was thinking about giving it but i'm gonna give it an a plus yeah I wouldn't go as far to say an A plus. I was thinking about it, but I think everything about this, everything we've been saying, doing the best that came with it, they've got for a movie that is. I looked it up, made for three hundred thousand dollars, just like Halloween. Yeah. I a wildly different movie than Halloween. Oh, wildly, yeah. Great. Yeah. For what it, for what it is, I think this movie deserves an A. Yeah. 
Also, my hand turned gray, and I drew that, so I think I gotta go to the doctor. Oh, God, we gotta get out of here. Yeah. I think that's that, Mattress Man. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time, 